Hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gateway to Cinema, the spin-off of the former popular podcast reboot already underway, the Mythbusters Jr. to the main podcast, Myth- Mythbusters. I've been seeing Adam Savage tweet a lot about that. Yeah. And I just... I want to like it. I haven't watched any of the videos, I haven't seen anything from it, but I loved Mythbusters so much as a kid. Yeah. It's like a new new generation for me. You know, I can get behind this. You know they like got a new host for Mythbusters, right? Like it's still going on and they just got, hired mm. new people? No. Yes. <laughs> That's different. You can't all right. I'm not, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying, saying that to compare. I'm saying that no. to be like Hey, this is something that's going on. No, yeah, no, you're right. That's, I'm less okay with that. Right. Mythbusters Jr., its own show. Mythbusters, it is what it was. Although it is kind of funny how uh, Netflix, like, hired all, like, the side people away for their own show, then canceled it, and then the Mythbusters went on with, like, new people. Like, it, it's like they had, like, seasons of build-up of being like, oh, this is the next generation of Mythbusters, and then, you know, they didn't even get the job. No. Grant Imahara. Yeah. I remember him. I don't remember I don't remember the other two. <laughs> Scotty was well, the one from, like, season one and two, and she she's not, she wasn't in it after that. No. Um, no. I can't remember everyone else's name. Anyway, we're, well, it's a good thing <laughs> we're not talking about Welcome Mythbusters. Welcome to the Mythbusters podcast, where we do a deep dive into the lore of Mythbusters. <laughs> this is our, this is our um, gateway to cinema podcast, mm-hmm. and I am your host, Aaron Hahn, joined as always... By Jacob Lacey. It's been like... Did we watch this last night or the night before? It was two two nights ago. I can't remember any quotes from it anymore. I'm sorry. (laughs) It truly was Mm -hmm. unbreakable. (laughs) Wow. He truly was unbreakable, wasn't he? Wow, just crazy. Yeah. yeah. What a twist. Yeah, because uh, we are once again looking at a film from the list of 100 movies I made for Lacey to watch. Films that are interesting introductions to the larger world of cinema. And this week, in anticipation... Well, anticipation for some, Lacey is, you know... Uh, I don't even not, want to see it, to yeah, be honest. But he's going to. I will. <laughs> so, uh, before we see the sequel, Glass, we are mm. looking at the first film in the series, Unbreakable. Unbreakable Glass. Unbreak- it's, it's Unbreakable Split Glass. Yeah. It's the newest market on the product. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to do this show anymore. Uh, Apparently not, but uh, let's start Um, with... uh, Well, this is one of two films on the list that you had seen before. I remember this one much less than Iron Giant. And even Iron Giant, it's like... There's a lot we didn't remember from that. Yeah. From from what I remember about us remembering. remembering. (laughs) The remem- this is the Remembering Podcast. Everyone, uh, send in your favorite memories. Hey, remember when M. Night Shyamalan was good? We're gonna get to this. Uh... <laughs> so, uh... Okay. What, where do I even start? Do I talk about whether I liked it or not? Is that how we do this? <laughs> talk about... We, we, we what I remember. talk about what you knew mm-hmm. going in, and in this instance it would be like, what did you remember about it from when I you remember first saw it? the ending. Kind of. Yeah. It, this movie was extremely surreal uh, on the second watch. To where I'm like, I remember like little glimpses, little like moments, but then when the ending happens and it does its little, 
what they do in like a biopic. I was like, is this real? Is this how this movie ends? I'm like, I don't remember this. <laughs> so that was weird. But it was a lot of that. It was a lot of weird moments where I'm like, yeah, I remember this kind of. And then moments where I'm like, what? He can do that? <laughs> like, I completely forgot that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I remember the uh, M. Night Shyamalan twist to it. Right. Which is... Maybe we can even barely consider a twist in this movie. It's pretty obvious. I, I think that's something we'll talk about in spoilers. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But anyway. Uh, I mean, I think he's kind of... We'll talk about it in spoilers, but I think his reputation for twists is a bit overblown. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the times it's just people kind of forcing something to be a twist that's not really a twist, just to we'll, fit that we'll narrative. We'll get to it, though. But, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to, to that. Um, I don't know that I really like this movie. Yeah? I'll be honest. It's It's fine. It was one of those movies that, as I'm watching, I'm like, this is enjoyable for what it is but i'm just i just was like oh god why is this <laughs> like there's a lot of moments of that i'm like okay get on with it let's let's just okay we're kind of retreading this again okay nope all right let's uh and we're moving on all right good scene with him and his son that's a really good scene okay now a lot of this, a lot of him t- saying he doesn't want to see Mr. Glass anymore. A lot of him come back and be like, okay, I want to see you again. I don't know about this. It's like, like oh my God, get on with it. <laughs> so, it's but again, it's one of those that I can definitely see why people, I mean, including you, yeah. love it very yeah. much. Um, and there are good moments and there's good ideas. But I think overall, it's not really a movie I'll probably ever watch again. So... That's that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know. Why'd you put it on the list? I mean, so again, this is one of the the odd things about you know writing this list so long ago is that when I wrote this, obviously I had no clue that there would ever be a sequel to it. So it wasn't like right. when I put this on the list, I wasn't like, oh, you gotta watch this in anticipation of Split or Glass and you know <laughs> Split Glass. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's but it was a time where like comic book movies were, you know, dominating the box office. We were well into that kind of dominance. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we really love superhero movies. It's mm-hmm. like all we used to talk about in high school. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, uh, so I was like, well, this is an interesting take on that genre. It's very unique among the field of, you know, superhero films that we're seeing. And I know Lacey's really big into superheroes like I am. So, you know... I think that he would also be able to appreciate what this film is trying to do with that kind of mythology. Mm -hmm. And also, it's like, this is the only M. Night Shyamalan film that I'm passionate about. Like, I like The Sixth Sense, but it's it's not, like, my favorite. It's, I think I have a hard time judging it because obviously I knew the twist so well in advance and allowed the impact of that film when it first came out, was likely due to that twist. Mm-hmm. So I can't really ever judge it properly. But it never really kind of provoked any kind of reaction in me. Whereas this is a film where I'm like, yeah, I really like this movie. I think there's a lot of significant flaws, and flaws that kind of, you know, would grow and grow uh, the longer that Shyamalan's career went mm-hmm. on. But I think that this film in itself is, is very... Uh, 
creative and very unique and i i do really enjoy what it's trying to do so see the feelings you have for unbreakable are the feelings that i have for the happening oh yeah love that so? happening oh it's so good mm. yeah yeah tell me about it man <laughs> oh yeah when mark Wahlberg's talking to that plant oscar oscar worthy mm. Mm. right right <laughs> yeah i don't know i just don't know that i will ever really connect with M. Night Shyamalan's movies. I haven't seen The Sixth Sense. Again, it's just one of those that I know the twist so well, it's been, like, hard to take the time to actually watch it. Yeah. Um, Signs is fine. It's whatever. Um, I think Signs, I, I kind of only really like under the kind of interpretation that, like, they're not aliens, they're demons, and, like, mm -hmm. that's why the water kills them, because it's, like, quote-unquote holy water... Because it's a priest and all that, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of a cool way to read it, and I can like yeah, that. That's but otherwise, not what he meant. <laughs> but <laughs> whether or not that's supported in text is an entirely different question. Because the uh, first time I saw Signs, I didn't really like it. Okay, yeah, that's one that's always just kind of been like, yeah, I like it. My dad likes M Night Shyamalan a lot. Yeah. Like, like still or just back not in the day? still. I think the happenings when it fell apart for him. Yeah. Where he was just like. Oh. God. And he, like, I remember him going to the movie to see it because I was so afraid of the trailer. And he was just like, yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> and, like, slowly seeing that fade for a while was kind of interesting. Oh, we, we all know that fade all too yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so did he, did he see uh, Lady in the Water, though? I'm sure he did. Because that came out before the happening, but like I think that was the definite, you know, turning point. Mm hmm Well, yeah. Lady in the Water, he'd seen the village. He liked the village too, I think. But that's yeah. I, li I like two thirds of the village. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I think he actually liked After Earth too that I'm now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it. I don't know. Uh I love you, Dad. <laughs> um But yeah, so I've I've known about all of his movies for so long, whether or not I'd been able to watch them or not, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah. But this is one that, that he had he had shown me, um, and yeah, I, I don't know. Unbreakable is it's some movie. I, I just that's really how I feel about it. I like it in the in the power rankings of the M Night Shyamalan movies. <laughs> yeah. Of the few I've seen, probably the best. Okay, yeah. Then, um, Signs, Village, <sighs> Happening Split. I'll go there. Mm. Mm. The Happening's at least so bad it's funny. The Split's just offensive. That's true. I was actually, I was looking at my M. Night Shyamalan ranking the other day, and I, and it was a Split was like, you know, five out of the nine of his films I've seen or whatever, mm -hmm. and I was like... I, I don't want this to be that high, because I don't like Split at all. No. But I don't know what else to do, because the rest of his films are terrible. At least Split is, like, shot well. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's there's technical craft to Split. That's, like, the, the thing I, I struggle with, with, like, liking movies or whatever. I don't know, I can't speak today. But it's what everyone has to deal with at one point, where, like, Liking a movie, or knowing that it's well made, and also like looking at the implications of the movie are also very 
disjointed separate things yes. and split has awful implications <laughs> like some of the worst in a mainstream movie i've seen in a long time it's yeah really yeah. bad um Although I hear Bird Box has some bad implications, too. Neither of us are, is ever going to watch Bird no. Box. <laughs> no. I, yeah, I heard some stuff about that movie that I'm like, oh, uh-oh. So. Uh, I would believe it. Yeah. Um, anyway. Do you want... We talked about why it's on the list. You want to get into spoilers? Sure, man. Uh, so if you have not seen this film yet, uh, I recommend it. Lacey's, you know... Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are getting to it. Like, no, if, if you yeah. ever would have an interest in it, a lot of people are probably already getting to it at this point. Yeah. But, um, if you have seen it, or just don't care, we're gonna talk about it now in depth with spoilers. Is there a place you want to start no, this time? Absolutely not. No? I don't even know where to start with this movie. Um... Do you ever just have one of those moments early in a movie where you're just like, oh, no. Because <laughs> I definitely had that. Well, yes, one. but not in this movie. <laughs> so what, what was it's, the moment? It's the back and forth between him and the sports reporter where the camera goes from one seat to the other seat. The back to the other seat. And it does not feel like a real conversation. It's like, all right, camera's moving, your line. All right, camera's moving. Now say your line, okay? Wait, wait a second, wait. It. Your line now. <laughs> I I can understand that complaint, and I think that's definitely a Shyamalan, a Shyamalan flaw all around, is that mm -hmm. he has very, like, uh, wooden performances sometimes due to yeah. his clunky dialogue and stuff. But, to be honest, I don't mind that scene simply because I, I find that camera movement at least more interesting than a simple shot-reverse shot would have been. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. So it's like, there's only so many ways you can film within a confined train set. Well, and, and I think it could have been fine. Like, that shot itself I don't have a problem with. It's that I don't... It's almost like he didn't trust anyone to know who was talking if we could not see their lips. That's true. If, they, if, if, <laughs> if like, they had started their lines while still off camera and just kind of made it more of a natural conversation. Yeah. I'm sure he was just afraid, like, oh, no, they already finished their line by the time I panned to them. <laughs> and it would be funny if that was the take they loved in the movie. <laughs> it's just off. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, I gotta... <laughs> It's like, we're just gonna skip it. We're gonna skip it. We're just, you say your line over there, I'm gonna just leave it on Bruce here for a second. Um, yeah. So, that was the brief moment at the beginning where I'm like, oh yeah, I hate his dialogue so much. And just the things he chooses to be with his movies. I think that, for, for me, that in this film is not that moment. It's the first moment we meet uh, Mr. Glass, where he's talking about like the comic book panel, and it's so pretentious. It's awful. And he's saying nothing. Yeah. Like that, and also the moment where he's talking to Bruce Willis for the first time, and he's like, you know, comic books are a form of ancient history. The Egyptians used use hieroglyphics, and this is pretty much the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's not. And see, those things would be 
fine as a characterization. Yeah, yeah. But it's it, that's it it's feels so, less like a character and more like M Night Shyamalan's personal it, it's philosophy. It's so on hard books. for him, I think, to detach himself from his characters. Yeah, I mean, Lady in the Water. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Just in e- everything, in every movie I've seen from him, he all of his weird ideas and and yeah like you said his personal philosophies end up making their way into his movies but like never from the character they should be coming from <laughs> you know yeah it's like yeah. it's like hey like uh, we might have to spoil a split on this podcast yeah. as well be prepared for that listeners yeah. because it's that like ending when it's just like <laughs> fetishizing trauma it's like yeah. no i'm not like you don't go there and there's like a point where it's like, if it wasn't that character and someone's like, hey, even through these things, you can be stronger because of them. You can, you know, you can get through them. Fine philosophy. Totally fine. But making the villain be the one saying this and also like putting it up to level 99 and being like, you're a better person because this happened. Kill everyone that hasn't had drama. It's like, whoa, dude. Yeah. Let's calm down. <laughs> I will say one of the things I'm hopeful for about Glass, but not exactly, you know, uh, optimistic about, is Anya Taylor's jo- Taylor Joy's uh, return. Mm-hmm. And to kind of see, like, what they do with the character after that. Because one of the most irksome aspects of that split ending is how it robs her of any agency. It's just kind of yeah. like, you know, she doesn't get, like, a cathartic victory. She just kind of gets let go. Yeah. And I want, and I, I think there's a chance to kind of make up for that in this new film, but I don't trust M. Night Shyamalan to do it. No. <laughs> I think he could. I want to see M. Night Shyamalan succeed again. I obviously want Glass to be a good movie because I do really like Unbreakable. And I was one of the people who was like, oh yeah, I would really want to watch a sequel to this. So, I want it to be good. I just, M. Night Shyamalan has not made a good film in so long. I haven't seen The Visit, but Mm -hmm. Split is the one that everyone's like, oh, this is a comeback. And as we've been discussing, I hate Split. Split's really really off <laughs> um now speaking of real quick i know we're off of unbreakable at this point but speaking real quick uh did you hear that anya taylor joy actually like helped direct that movie split uh glass glass no I yeah because she that. wants to be a director i guess okay and he let her sit behind the camera with him and she he asked her a lot like okay like what what would you do to change this what what would you do to fix this and like so i'm like that's pretty cool. That is what if she neat. fixed this in the movie? <laughs> what if the movie was like She's going like, to no be Night Shyamalan, you don't just keep on paying the camera back and forth. You let the actor start their line while they're off camera. She's like, well, what I would and do. And he's like, oh, crap, you're right. <laughs> I've been directing for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I'd be interested to see what she would, you know, direct. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like Anya Taylor-Joy. She's, like, really one of the best actresses working. Yeah, I mean, ever ever since The Witch, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch what, yeah. you, what you're going to do. Anyway, Unbreakable. Yeah, so, uh... It's... it's and it's... The, the dialogue is awful, but no one is trying here, also. 
to be honest. I mean, not that Bruce Willis really tries in anything anymore, or even did at that point. He phones it in every performance at this point. There's, there is no Bruce Willis without a phone in his hand at this point. I don't think... I don't think 2000s Bruce Willis was quite there yet. Modern day Bruce Willis, absolutely. Yeah. 2000s Bruce Willis, I think he still did it. And I think he... I think it feels like phoning it in, just because that kind of, I, I'm sure that's just kind of the way he was directed to do the role in this one, mm-hmm. where M. Night Shyamalan's like, okay, you're very, like, this very closed off, like, emotionally closed off individual and all that sort of stuff, and it kind of comes across as wooden, mm-hmm. while it, being kind of true to that character, I think. Like, I kind of, I kind of view it as more of just kind of like that, like, like stoic nature of a lot of superheroes you know right like kind of like the, the the brooding batman archetype thing that he's playing with okay yeah i could see that so i don't i don't consider it a bad performance mm-hmm. but robin I, wright's fine yeah samuel L. jackson and this is i don't want to say it's a criticism of his acting in general that he just plays samuel L. jackson and everything like, when's the last time you saw, like, a really game-changing performance from Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love him. I think he's great. But at the same time, it's it's just... Samuel L. Jackson, in most cases, works better as a side character than as a, a lead. Yeah. He just doesn't... It's, I don't want to say he doesn't have the... He has the potential and the talent, but I think, honestly, he's just a little content to do his thing. Be in 300 movies and get his paychecks. <laughs> right, and, right. Which is, God bless him, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I don't think his performance as Mr. Glass is bad. No. I think it's actually... It's it's a fairly memorable character, mm-hmm. but I don't think... Yeah, I, I, you're, like you're right that like it, it's it's nothing unique for him. It's, it's he's certainly not doing anything outside of his, his regular wheelhouse with it. But right. I do like it. I I like that. Role. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <sighs> try to think of like beats moments we can hit here. If, uh, the stadium stuff, interesting. M Night Shyamalan. Uh-huh. Had to insert himself, of course, of course. But as a drug dealer this time, mm. so not not as the the savior of the world, right? Like in like right. water and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh god, but he, uh, <laughs> he's, even... he's the new Hitchcock man. Yeah, you know? he certainly thinks he is. He certainly thinks he is. I wonder if he still does. Do you think he still has the extreme bloated ego he used to? I mean, he's self-financing his most recent films because he wants to, you know, maintain control, absolute control of his properties, which, you know, is obviously respectable as an artist, but also illustrates that he's like, only I can do these ideas justice, when it's like... Hey, maybe someone else should have directed Unbreakable too. Yeah. Anya Taylor Joy. Just give it to her. Yeah. First, first project. Here you go. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I, it's yeah. Anyway, I, I like uh, the discovery of powers stuff. 
Yeah, I, I really like that scene, the weightlifting scene. Really I think good. that's one of the highlights of the film. Really good. Goes on maybe a bit too long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but still really good. Because um, at one point you're like, yeah, I get it. He's super strong. And then it's like, let's keep doing more, doing more. I'm like, oh, okay. But right. I think I think that fits kind of like the the very naturalistic style they're going for, where they're like, if if in real life you were like, what if I had superpowers? It wouldn't be like, oh, let's jump instantly from 150 pounds to like 300 pounds. It'd be like, let's right. let's see, because you know you're you, in your mindset, you're like, of course I can't lift more than 150 pounds. You know, I'm only human. Yeah. And then to kind of just like slowly break, like it's not just testing his physical strength it's like breaking down those mental barriers being like hey you can't actually do this stuff mm-hmm. which i think is a cool way to go about it i think that was a interesting uh, kind of idea underlying all of unbreakable that it's like it's it's similar to what he was trying to do in split but handled it poorly because he tied it into mental illness but the kind of idea that, like, you know, the mind over matter, like, there's limitations on the physical form because of the limitations we place on our mind, and kind yeah. of, like, maybe we can unlock greater potential by, you know, breaking down those barriers. Yeah. They... Sorry to go on split again, but... Um, <laughs> That's okay. It's so easy. It could still be the multiple personality thing. Fine. Why tie it to mental illness? <laughs> like, yeah, obviously, it's a thing, but just be like, it's real. It's no one thinks it's not real. No one thinks it's just a mental thing. It's actually there's actual like demons in them. Go big or go home with it, and you fix a major problem with that movie. Yeah, I, it's just I don't know. It's very. I mean, weird. I don't think demons is the right. No, approach, but, but you know what I'm I, saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but off of that again. Uh, it's just fine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's that's a movie. Weird that does M Night Shyamalan hate water. Weird that he makes water a weakness in it many is, films. It is weird. I think he, I think he likes it because he finds it symbolic. And so it's kind of like part of that pretentious, you know, I'm a, I'm a genius auteur thing where he's like, you know, water, it's symbolic. <laughs> it's symbolic. Of what, M. Night? <laughs> Symbolism. <laughs> I, I will say the first time I watched this movie, I thought the, the water thing was like the dumbest thing until the... Uh, the end of the movie where he like falls into the pool yeah and i was just like oh that's kind of a neat way to do that you yeah. know yeah yeah I'm, I'm like why would his weakness why would his kryptonite be water like trying to like saying that out loud being like it's water is your kryptonite sounds really stupid oh it's but, awful but then you get to that pool scene and you're like okay this actually works mm-hmm. i i think they're gonna try it again in glass and oh, it won't work definitely going but to. it works they're going to like our secret hideout's going to be in the middle of a lake. <laughs> Try getting to us now, Bruce. <laughs> like, oh, God. I... I think the revelation that he had caused, that Glass had caused all of the disasters mm. is like... Now, it's hard to say because I don't remember how I felt when I first saw it, learning that. And I, it's, it's so ingrained at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Because especially now this whole movie, and in the, in the trailer of the movie, he says, that sounds like the bad guy's teaming up. You know he's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's hard to get out of that. But it also just feels like, all right, so we're, oh, I don't know, an hour and 30 minutes into this movie, and we don't have a bad guy yet? Kind of weird. It's almost like maybe the other main character of this movie is the bad guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, yep, that was it. Yeah, I mean, again, we, I suppose we can talk about whether or not this qualifies as a twist at some point. But so, like, but first, uh, that was like the ending was actually the first scene you know, from this movie I saw because like I caught on TV when I was younger and I was just like I don't know what this is but there's like comic books so like my mind like I was like oh mm. there's comic books in this shot I want to mm. find out what this is mm. and it was the shot Bruce Willis is walking to the back room right at the end of the movie and then they shake hands yeah. and stuff and then once that whole reveal happens I was like that's interesting what is this movie? And then I was like, okay, it's this movie and such and such. And then I was like, okay, I definitely have to watch that at some point. So I actually did know the twist didn't of this one going in okay. as well because it was, I had literally watched it this time. Okay. But, gotcha. But, yeah, I, I I like it and I it's a good, don't... It's good. Like, I, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we can even qualify it as a twist, though. No. Because it's kind of like... Yeah, they... A good twist, obviously, is something that's built up from, you know, uh, what comes before. But mm-hmm. there's not necessarily, like, a subversion going on here. No. Like, there's no, like, change in, like, uh, there's no, like, surprise, really. Because it's kind of like... He's always, we're, he was we're always never, a character. Yeah, we're never led down a path to believe he has good intentions, necessarily. No. In fact, even in the scene where... He's in the the comic book store, and he's all like, hmm. <laughs> he's he won't talk to and... me. <laughs> it's like, that is, he looks like a bad guy. <laughs> you know, he, he has that demeanor about him, and he's, I don't know. I mean, obviously they want to play up the parallels, being like, oh, they're the complete opposites. One's unbreakable, one's extremely breakable. And they make note of that very early in the film. Mm-hmm. So, like, anyone who's, like, attuned to comic books, which I think yeah. most of the general population is attuned to comic books enough to be like, oh, the hero and the villain are the complete opposite. Which, again, another bugging thing about M. Night Shyamalan's philosophy, you're not saying anything new if, if you're just like the hero and the villain are complete opposites it's like yeah we all know that i'm nice yeah. you don't have to give us exposition man <laughs> <laughs> well we'll give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt well, on that we, one because it was 2000 you know yeah super, sure superheroes were kind of still at least comic book movies as we know them now are still new yeah before or after x-men i wonder uh x-men was same year no, but I mean, like, I wonder, like, in the, year? In the year. I don't know. I don't know if Can you, you get up exact release dates, release dates or yeah, whatever. No, you don't. We're using uh, the good IMDb called Letterboxd. Mm, I Letterboxd. bet IMDb has uh, release dates. Though. Letterboxd, I've been uh, awaiting that royalties check for a while now, and I have yet to receive it. Um, just want to make sure I'm still getting that for talking about your site. They're not paying me. <laughs> But anyway, returning to the, uh, <laughs> the toy, I just don't want to forget what I was trying to say. Okay, go, but for like, it, go for it. I think what works about the ending so well is that 
it's not necessarily the the impact of the realization that Glass is a villain on the viewer, because viewers can likely call mm-hmm. it. It's the realization that he he of himself that he is the villain, mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes the ending work. Is him finally having you know that eye-opening moment where he's like, oh, I am the bad guy in all this, mm-hmm. and I think you know. As much as this is the origin story of Bruce Willis's character, it's the origin story of Mr. Glass. Right. And so, to kind of end on that note, I think that really works from, like, a character standpoint. Even if, it, like, you can be like, oh, I was surprised by the twist or not surprised by the twist, but it's a satisfying ending mm-hmm. yeah. based on, you know, that reason. Now, whether or not the text at the end is satisfying, <laughs> I'd say no. It's a weird choice. The text ending is a weird choice. I get what he was going for. That it was realistic and yeah, based in Yeah, like, like you, you compared it to a biopic like, yeah. earlier in the episode. And, you know, that's kind of what it is. That's kind of like the, if you're making a movie based on true events, once you reach your ending, you're like, and this is what happened next in text on your screen. Yeah. And, and I think it works in the sense that, like, there's not going to be, like, a big climactic fight between the two of them. No. And not even in glasses there's going to be a fight between the two of them because they're not that type of uh, uh, of character. Also, because... he'd kill him instantly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like... it's, it, glass doesn't pose any physical him. threat, so you can't have a physical fight. No. You... That would be... Maybe that's why everyone hates it so much. He just wails on it. <laughs> oh. So it's like... The, the only possible conclusion is, like, he, you know, he turns him into the police. Because, like, what else is he going to do? He can't let him remain free. Well, he's going to end up fighting James McAvoy. Right. And James McAvoy, is, he's going to be like, look, he was the one who was manipulating you this whole time. That's my Bruce Willis. <laughs> and he's going to be like, you're right. And then he grabs him and... Pulls him underwater and just does that beast thing that he does to that old lady at the end of Split. Yeah. Remember when he just, like, shatters an old lady in that movie? I honestly don't, but uh, sure. Yeah. His therapist. <laughs> okay, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. also M. Night Shyamalan being like, I hate my therapist. I'm gonna grab her and bear hug her and shatter every bone in her body. <laughs> so, he's gonna do that to Glass. He's gonna be like, no, why? I could... <laughs> I shouldn't have. <laughs> I shouldn't have done this. And that would be how the movie ends. Yeah. Probably, you know, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> why not? <laughs> I. By the time people can listen to this, they will already know how Glass ends, so... Yeah, yeah. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> Oh I mean, God. obviously, we'll talk about Glass on the uh, main podcast once yeah. we see it as well. Not with spoilers, but... No. You'll, you'll at least know if we liked it or not. Because, yeah. Split, it's like, I dislike the movie, but as soon as that Unbreakable song kicks in at the end, you know, mm-hmm. they did get me. I was like, you know... I, and the score, again. Uh, score's really good. It, the score is fantastic. score's probably the best part of the movie, <laughs> I'll be honest That's with pretty you. much the case with every M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. That's what I've made repeated mentions of that on the main podcast. James Newton Howard's soundtracks are 
excellent, like, no matter what movie. Like, the Village score, excellent. Uh, the last Airbender score, really excellent, especially compared to the movie. Well, yeah, that's... Yikes. Yeah. Glad I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that one? Well... I hear it's really boring. Yeah. So, there's it's, no reason. Did you watch the show at all? Yeah, a lot. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Because, like, being familiar with the show is, like, the only way to kind of have any interest in it. Just because, like, you understand what things are happening and stuff. <laughs> and who these characters are. Taking but a whole season it, and putting it in a movie was such a Not even a long idea. movie. An hour and a half movie. Yeah, it was a horrible idea. Okay. All right. Can't respect that. <laughs> I don't know. Do we do we have more to say about Unbreakable? Uh, I think we're probably good. I mean, yeah. you you think it's a fine movie? You know, yeah. Like, I think I've been like, you know, this is why I like it, even though I can understand why people dislike it. And you know, we've yeah. trashed Split a lot. Trash so. Split again. That will be the most controversial thing in this episode. People love them some Split. Do people still love Split? I, or is it just... Yeah. Like, we were talking about this other day, where in my mind, I'm always... My first instinct is to be like, oh yeah, people didn't like Split. <laughs> and then it takes me a couple seconds to be like, no, wait, that's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> people no. did like that movie. Because <laughs> I'm always like, oh yeah, that film got like 20% on the tomato meter. And no, it's like Tomometer. 76 Thermometer. I, I will not. I didn't, I didn't ask if you would. I just am let, I'm just correcting you at this point. You're, that's not a correction because it's wrong. <laughs> it's an incorrection. You got me there. <laughs> well, all right. So I'll, since you you watched me rank this, I'll do my ranking first. Yeah, go for it. I have it fiftieth out of fifty six, um, behind Saw, ahead of Macbeth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at there. I understand that. I have it 37th. So behind the Big Lebowski, ahead of Django Unchained. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. It's, it's a fine movie. I do really enjoy this, and I will continue to enjoy it, even though I will... I hate the one sequel, and I'll likely hate the other. <laughs> So. You're going to come out of that movie sky high, Aaron. Well, I yeah. mean, based on my track record in uh, 2018, when I'm like, Insidious 4, great movie. Yeah. <laughs> then probably. Insidious 4 was your choice there for bad movies that you think are way too good? Well, it's not going to be Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom mm. because that one's legitimately good. It's just not, though. <laughs> I have no clue how you can continue to keep up this facade. <laughs> It's not a facade. I already wrote the errand for it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Why? I watched, uh, I watched a video on that movie again today. And yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, this movie's a mess. <laughs> and again, I liked it fine. I thought, whatever. It's stupid. It's fun. Weird lava physics. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, like, melt the skin off the dinosaur or whatever, you know. Yeah. But, uh, it's just bad. It's just way, it's so bloated, Aaron. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's two movies. They just took two movies and were like, now kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and they were both great movies. <laughs> <laughs> and they were both great kissers. <laughs> so, do we want to discuss the the dif- the differences? What's the word I'm looking for? The changes we were thinking about for this show. Uh, we don't need to do it just yet, because I don't know if we... Maybe we need to formulate our plan better. I think it's a great plan. I, also, I don't have a list ready, so we'll talk about Yeah, so we'll I figured we'll talk about it once we formulate a plan yeah. better. But things are upcoming. Things are upcoming to change. It's our Mythbusters podcast. <laughs> We're going to, every other week, talk about an episode of Mythbusters. <laughs> And tell you why they're liars, yes. and it was all wrong. You it can't was, trust science. It was the fake news media. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going to go with that. Uh, yeah. We'll talk We'll talk soon. Yeah. All right. So, uh, next week, we, we didn't mention this at the beginning of the episode, but uh, last podcast we had announced we were doing Coherence, but then we didn't get to it because holidays are super hectic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll be getting to that next week. Uh, instead, so coherence. Uh, next week. So if you want to find us on the web, you can find uh, Lacey at Jake Lace on Jake underscore Lace. Jake underscore Aaron. Lace. It's been a long time for me too. So. <laughs> Jake bleeping Lace. <laughs> you want to do Mister Nobody? <laughs> you can find him at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. You can find him at Jake Lace on Tumblr. Uh, you can find David from the main podcast around the web at dbex15 on Twitter, dbex with two S's. You can find me around the web at Honest Opinion on Twitter and at myhonestopinion.com, uh, where I will be posting the errands soon, which are my picks for the best and worst films and TV in 2018. Uh, I'm sure someone's already done this idea. What? But not with this specific movie, I'm sure. But it would be a great podcast to do once a week for an entire year. Watch Mr. Nobody (laughs) once a week, every week for a year, and do a podcast about it every time. (laughs) Don't you do this to me, Lacey. Oh my god, that would be so funny. I don't know why it would destroy me, but it would be so funny. End of the year, you've seen it 56 times. <laughs> Putting that one in my back pocket. We'll see. Mm. <laughs> anyway. That's such a bad idea. If you want to find the main podcaster on the web, you can find us at RebootRDUN on Twitter. You can give us a like on Facebook. You can check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. And leave us a good review if you like what we say. Alright. So... Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Until next time, don't think it, don't say it. Unbreak the man. What if they fold the bye-bye man into the Unbreakable They're like, universe? he's not supernatural. He no. just has superpowers. Yeah. Um, and his dog is also a superpower. Right. And 
he... Dogs are superpowers. They, they fold the dog's purpose into this universe as well. <laughs> oh, God. A dog's way home. The dog found his way home. I mean, that's a, that's that's, a superpower That's no right coincidence. There. And I have not seen the movie, but I know the dog found his way home. You don't know Because that. it's you in the trailer. That. You don't know that. It's, it's in the trailer. We don't know that that shot means he makes his way home. Mm. Just saying. Just a little thought experiment. Right, this is the end of the episode. <laughs>